Hey everyone, welcome back to my channel. So today I'm delighted to be joined by two fellow TikTokers. Always sounds really weird saying that. We were talking about that off camera. Ben Askins, the lovely Rebecca P. Fox, third time on the podcast. But we're doing something a little bit different. We're doing a trio here. And we're going to be talking about everything to do with TikTok, the growth and how it can excel, everything that you've already got going on in your life, whether that be personal stuff that you're pushing or whether it be a business that maybe you're growing. Whatever it might be, today is about TikTok, the good, the bad, the ugly. So stick around. I'm actually going to hand over first to Ben. So Ben, anyone that doesn't know you or isn't aware of what you do and what you talk about on TikTok, mate, just give us an overview of what you do. Uh, yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. Uh, so yes, so I'm Ben. Um, and essentially, I've grown my business verb over the last got eight to nine years now. Um, Verb is a performance marketing agency that specializes in luxury and premium brands. So we do everything from you know, SEO, paid social, anything digitally related. Uh, and we work exclusively with, I guess, what you consider kind of the high end um, sort of brands. So Aston Martin, Maybelline Hotel Group, The Ritz, you know, sort of brands like that. Um, I Yes, so done that for eight, nine years. We sold it at the end of 2021 um, and I'm still there sort of uh, looking after it. And I started doing TikTok, I guess, officially uh, in April, I think. I think it was April. I have to double check. It might be late March. Um, and I guess for the context of it, so there's kind of two core things I really genuinely believe in. Um, the first is I don't think you need to be an arsehole to make money. I, I truly categorically believe that. Um, and I think, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years um, and this whole sort of capitalist vibe of make money, I, you know, I'm down to make money. I'm all for it. Like, congrats. I just don't think this sort of obsession with making money doesn't excuse. And I actually would argue it goes against this sort of premise of you can be a good person whilst you do it. Yeah. And I've TikTok something I've been looking to more and more. Um, and I was just getting more and more frustrated with the advice that I was seeing on there, which was like, dangerous levels of imbecile like it was just absolutely amazing how poor the entrepreneurial advice was because it was all literally about you know do whatever it takes and you've got to do this and you have to do that and i was just thinking that's just awful and so i started off just filming myself just doing a few clips and it sort of spiraled from there and i, I think in particular i talk about younger generations and i think um, you know, I think they are getting a really tough time in the workplace. I think if you look at everything from COVID all the way through to, you know, how we recruit people, there was this insane stats. Um, I saw the other day where I think sort of one in one in six managers had fired a Gen Z in the first within the first week of them joining. Yeah. And I was just thinking that can't be right. Like, no, if it's your first job, like that's just not good enough. You've not set your business up to handle that. No one, unless you've literally punched someone in your opening week, there's no excuse that you've letting someone go that quickly. And that's their first experience of the workplace. Right. So mm. it, it kind of started to really bug me. And so I started doing um, a lot of content around poor managers um, and then got, the most insane influx, everyone sending me stories and sort of tap, I, you know, somehow sort of tapped into something quite quickly there. Um, and so a lot of my content is around poor management and what you can do. A lot of it is talk about specific problems, millennials and Gen Z's in particular have it. Um, and then I often get people going, oh, but you know, you get bad employees as well. And I say, yeah, no, of course you do. But the power dynamic, if you're a manager and you have a bad employee, you have a lot more options than if you're an employee with a bad manager. Mm. Um, and so a lot of my content is around there, what you can do. Um, and yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And it's sort of grown quite quickly. And I'm very fortunate to 
um, have, have the channel I have really. Well, that's awesome. And we're, we're going to touch on a lot of things that you talk about because they're very similar to myself. So just for context, so your timeline of starting TikTok was really from April and you're at what? three? What are you now at followers? Just over 300,000 followers now, yeah. Okay, cool. So I talk a lot about this. Your, your growth can happen quite quickly. So Re Rebecca, obviously been on the podcast before, but in terms of your growth, what was that timeline? Because you're at what now on TikTok? I think 336,000. And what's your timeline look like? So I grew very, very quickly and it's probably slowed in the last five, five months. But then I haven't been posting consistently three times a day. I cut down the amount I've been posting. I didn't go live as much and it does affect your growth. Yeah. So when I was on it and I was consistent, the growth was massive and it just kept coming so it definitely works yeah and you've that nailed way. that niche of sort of talking about narcissism and mm. stuff like that which yeah. we're, we're going to tie into this whole world of tiktok so and for context so I, i've grown my channel just under a year to over two hundred thousand now and it's um there's definitely good sides there are I wouldn't say negatives unless you absorb the negatives. Like I don't mm. absorb the negatives, but you can see them. So I'll start with you, Rebecca. So we can use it to build a business, build a brand. We're going to get onto that. But if you are, what would your top advice be for people who are thinking, well, I'm going to start on TikTok? Mm -hmm. You know, the advice that we can give, what approach would you take for someone just starting on TikTok now? Do your research. So find someone that's in your niche have a look at what they're doing, what they're talking about, look at what gets the most traction, but also make a decision if that is the route you want to go down. Like the way they talk about things, is it in a way that you agree with or do you disagree with it? And if you do disagree with it, put forward an argument that's honest and genuine to back that up rather than just creating content to get an emotional reaction. Always think about adding value because TikToks become very diluted with content that adds no value and actually brings the opposite. It brings a lot of problems to your mental and emotional health. So I think if you go out there looking now to provide value, people are going to start to take more notice of that because you actually stand out for that. Mm. And what would you say? Uh, yeah, two things. I think consistency is key. Um, I mm. think just get posting and don't worry about it. I mean, I cringe looking back at some of my even early, just a few months ago. So don't worry about that and just get it out there and use what the market responds to in regards to how you do it. And then talk about something you're interested in. Um, yeah. If you're going to post every day, oh my God, if it can be a chore if you actually don't believe it or don't like what you're talking about. But actually, if you do enjoy it and it's something you're genuinely interested in, it's actually just a nice thing to do. Um, yeah. So it, it makes the absolute world of difference if you actually enjoy it. Yeah, really good points. I mean, the one that I would definitely second as well is talking about things that one, you really know yeah. and that you enjoy because... It is tedious, isn't it? Like you've got to show up every day. And do you know, I think it was Julius Dean, who's a big content creator. And he said to me, a lot of people who grow profiles forget that it becomes an obligation that mm -hmm. you've got to show up. Like if you're going to build your profile and you've got X amount of followers, the majority of them are following you for a reason. And it's normally value and that can relate to you. And I think sometimes we forget that there's an obligation. You were saying that growth might have slowed down because you haven't done the lives. And it's, it's like that consistency. Mm -hmm. So start as you mean to go on but then what's the next phase to grow a sustainable tiktok account what then well i i think you've then got to look at i th i think it's engaging with your audience so actually ask questions take on feedback like people are very 
They don't like criticism. Like that's a massive problem. Criticism helps you grow. Embrace it. Get into a dialogue about that. Learn from your audience. Learn what they're looking for, what they're missing, what knowledge they need. And I think that's where then you keep driving that growth because you're growing with your audience and that's what gets you authority in your niche. Yeah. What about yourself? Yeah. Um, so a lot of people, when you ask youngsters what you want to do, a lot of them now say YouTube influencer and all of mm -hmm. that. Like, I don't buy into the word influencer as much as perhaps I should, because I think you need, you can't, it can't just be about having a big social following. I think you actually yeah. have to have purpose or, mm. you know, there's two ways people have a personal brand, right? They either use it to enhance other things they do. So they might have businesses or investments and things like that. And they're there, or they have a genuine message and purpose and something they really stand for and believe in and grow. And those, those, I think the two best ways and best reasons to have a social channel. I struggle with the idea of just sort of like growing it for the sake of having a big following. Like I just don't, unless you have a purpose of what you're actually trying to achieve. Mm. I don't really get what the goal is. And I think you need to have a goal for something like this. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. And again, because I'm still relatively new, I haven't quite sort of fully formulated what my sort of long-term goal is. Um, and so for me, it's all, I don't think I will never be like a full-time, you know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I will always have, you know, other interests. And so I think for me, the role of socialist is to enhance what else you're doing in your life, um, but actually doing it in a way that, you know, presents your values really yeah well mm. this is a really important part we, we are going to elaborate quite in depth around some of the negative sides and you've briefly touched on it and i really agree with it's got to build on something that you've already got that's sustainable so one thing i'm seeing at the moment is people are growing accounts but if you turn around to them and say why are you growing your account well i don't really know i just want followers mm. so there's no there's no real purpose and i think you hit the nail on the yes. head I saw a post recently from Simon Squibb, who I know quite well, and he put out, I'm actually embracing that I am now classed as an influencer. And it's fine because I think we're in this transition period of if you're growing a profile and you're saying to someone I'm on social media, they still don't take it seriously. Like there's a little bit of a like, oh, right, okay. So you sit at home and you, you do your thing. Well, it's a little bit more than that if you have like purpose. So mm. what would you say in terms of, how powerful TikTok is. So just my two pence worth, it has excelled my first business, which is Nightly Investment Group. And I have far more clients now globally just because of the awareness. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw it at you, Ben. What have you seen in terms of reaching more people? Because you're getting good views. What's come from it? Yeah, I mean, I think the numbers are kind of mind blowing. Um, so, you know, the other month I got something like 25, 26 million video views. Um, you know, that, that there are news stations that get less views than that on an <laughs> evening basis. So when you kind Literally. of break, start comparing yeah. it comparatively to things like that, you just start to recognize how powerful it is. Mm. And I actually talk to my clients a lot about this as well at Verb because you think of how much time goes into say a CEO giving a speech at a quarterly briefing or, you know, a board report or something like that. How much time, how many people get eyes over it? And then you have a small junior who runs your entire social media account who are talking to more customers than anyone else in the business. Yeah. And they just kind of let like, so the sort of disconnect and the underappreciation of just how powerful social is in regards to just exposure uh, is mind blowing. And I've, you know, I've started to get people come up to me in the stream and be like, oh, you guy from TikTok. And that's quite a, sobering experience I'm not, <laughs> I'm not quite sure how I feel about it just yet but it's amazing and that's just happened in a few months so yeah I just it, it's the numbers just blown away because you can also look at like 
how many hours people have watched your videos and yeah. it's in the hundreds of thousands of hours and you just mm. think i've watched me talk to my camera and so yeah it's just the numbers for me are just kind of mind-blowing i think it's, it's insane the analytics and i mean you've really capitalized on like clients and mm. opportunities and we were talking about networking and the doors it's opened and yeah. it's it does doesn't it yeah i mean the clients some of the clients that I work with are quite high profile and I've, I've had to sign gagging orders to work with them. So that gives you a, a scale on the sorts of people I deal with. And it's all come from TikTok. It's not cost me a penny. It's earned me a lot of money. Yeah, it's insane. This is why we're doing this video because it's not about staying up late at night and holding up a sign saying, I'll rate you from one to 10 or, mm. you know, I'll only talk if you're dating me. It's, it's like a waste of your time. It's mind numbing. And these are some of the negatives which we'll come on to and things to avoid. But I think also when you're putting a message out there, do you know it's insane? You were talking about numbers. So you can go on apps or you can work it out. But for me so far, I've done 200, or it'd be close to 239 million views. Nice. That's insane in less than a year. You've probably done similar numbers. We've probably all hit in high numbers. I don't know if you've looked, have you looked at your numbers? No, I didn't know you could do that for no, me. You can find, so you can find out how many views you've done. And even if you type in your name on the search engine, so on TikTok, mm. if you go type in your name, scroll along to hashtags and you'll see what people have searched for you and how many times oh, wow. it's mind-blowing yeah so i think aaron aaron knightley for me is something like 81 million views that it's had so far so you can all do that and then yeah. obviously you've got to calculate it or use an app but like you say you're beating news stations mm. so the message that we're putting out also i don't think sometimes we quite realize that we're reaching so many people and when you see a thousand people or even ten thousand or a hundred thousand people that's a lot of people that are watching your content so are you all are you also conscious of things that you're saying and again having a purpose a bit of a value in your message yes very much so so i think going back, going back to the original original reason why i started doing tiktok in the first place is i'm very conscious of the and i think when someone grows quickly right there's two possible reasons that's happened either they've done exceptional content which I generally don't, I've done nothing new in that sense. I think I'm actually in the second bracket, which is I've hit upon social reflecting what's going on in the world. Yeah. And I think when you look at my content, it's very much around supporting younger generations because it is a topic I feel really genuinely passionate about. I think across housing, environment, workplace, sort of, you know, everything, I think the younger generations are getting a raw deal. Mm. Um, and I think the fact that I've had so many views and so much exposure so quickly is actually reflective of that rather than, anything particular I've, I've done. Um, and the reason I say that is because I do, I am a strong believer in social media reflecting what's going on in the world. Um, yes, like you put anything out, there's always someone who can disagree with you. There's always someone and, you know, you just kind of have to sort of filter those. Um, but I do think the reason why my channel in particular grew so quickly is because younger people are feeling pretty unmotivated. I, yeah. I really do think that. And I think my channel is a source of relief because one, um, I think it's nice to know some other people are going through similar things. Yeah. Um, and two, sometimes it's just nice to feel like you're not going crazy. And there, you know, I, I, I talk about current affairs sometimes, for example. So I talk a lot about the housing market. I talk, a, you know, I did a post about Brexit the other day. Um, and it is quite astonishing, I found, and quite sobering actually. And so it's something I'm very aware of that for whatever reason, people do follow my channel. And that does come with a source of responsibility. And I'm not going to start just abusing that for sort of personal gain because you know, I, 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 I sort of appreciate the position that I, I am in. I think people can probably relate to you as well. I, f I find that, and I, we mentioned this last time, I, I said last, just before last Christmas, I, I think there'll be a real growth opportunity for people who are just authentic, uh, authentic, transparent, and talk about real things opposed to 
trying to fluff things up to bring in an audience, which is fake. But I mean, you know, you talk about sort of narcissism and problems that people are having. And I think a lot of people relate, don't they? Hence why they stick around and watch and engage. Yeah. And, you know, the, the truth is as much as social media has a very good place when you're dealing with people who are doing it from it, who are putting out content from a purpose point rather than I'm just want to make money. Let's just make money, follow the trends, which is encouraging toxic behavior because you're creating a short tension span. You're creating a disconnect with other people. You're doing transactional things. So you're developing transactional relationships actually is what's going on here. And then people disconnect in the real world. So it was interesting when you said, you know, people that have their first job, they're struggling to stay in it. But is that because they followed what they've learned on social media and they don't have the ability to connect? Do you see what I mean? Like that's a really interesting avenue that I would have wanted to have looked down. Yeah. Um... Because this generation has been raised online in a digital world and that's how they've learned to interact. For sure. And I actually think, I totally agree. It's a very digitally native. And we've, we've had a couple of digitally native, you know, even I would say millennials, but my lot were pretty mm. digitally native um, by the time we got to the workforce. But I think this is a whole new level, right? Mm. Um, you know, TikTok's now a search engine. You know, they're, they're, yeah. it's a whole new level in regards to how people absorb content and engage with content. I think a lot of companies just categorically haven't caught up with that. Right. And so I look at some really archaic premises. You know, there are there are big graduate schemes who will hire 80, you know, youngsters, essentially grads, um, knowing they'll lose 50 by the end of the two years. Mm. Like that can't be, that can't, like we can't, mm. I, I refuse to accept that's a good way to do things. And it really bugs me that we've just accepted as a society that that's okay. That means there's 50 kids, you know, 20, 21, yeah. 18 year olds, you know, whatever they are, their first experience of the workforce is either failing at getting through a system or being let go at the end of two years. Like, yeah, we have to do better than that, can't we? Yeah. We have to be able to screen things better, you know, hire hire smaller you know you don't have you know i understand there's only a certain amount of jobs but hire a smaller and invest more in those don't hire rate you know so we, we just i didn't i don't know i just we have to be a little bit better and i, I think we have to like listen to youngs when youngsters say these grad schemes are impossible or these recruitment processes is mad or these systems just don't work i do feel like there's a tendency from the old generation just to go a little bit oh yeah you know mode it's like yeah or we could listen yeah, yeah we could actually listen um, and actually hear where they're coming from. Um, so it, it does, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and I do think companies need to be better. And th- there are a lot yeah. of good companies out there. I, I, I might, if you read my channel, or look, sorry, watch my channel, it just sounds like doom and gloom all the time. There are some phenomenal companies who yeah. really embrace that. Mm. And But that's good, right? It means companies yeah. are having to differentiate and they differentiate by providing better working environments. Yeah. So um, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting point for but sure. This, but this is the good thing about the awareness of TikTok. So... For anyone who's watching right now is is this information that you consume so there are a lot of people who share information which is quite frankly a load of waffle like you can tell they're absolutely talking crap but then there's a lot of good information and i think younger people who are going through certain issues or they're having really bad experiences I think they've either been watching the wrong information and they've set a standard or an expectation. It's the same for sexual relationships, Mm -hmm. money, starting a business. Everyone thinks, everyone thinks starting a business is an overnight thing, especially (laughs) if you've got, I mean, there's one, I'm not going to mention his name. There's one guy on TikTok drives me bonkers because he, he he will paint the picture. If you start today and you follow me and you click all the links in my bio Mm. next week, you're going to be a happy person, you know, and and you're Mm. going to be launched into this like incredible six figure business. And it's, and it's not. So what I, like about what all three of us are doing is there's reality behind the content and the more awareness that's the exciting thing so 
Rebecca, how do you find um, your videos perform in terms of subjects that you're talking about? Who really relates to what? Like, what are you noticing people really attach to you? Obviously, you talk, you know, a lot about sort of the, the mental health, the, the, the mindset of the and narcissism and overcoming issues and stuff. But what do people really attach when you're putting out content? Because what I want people to take away from this is that you're talking about real things, like real life experiences, and, and that's far mm. more tangible than talking a lot of waffle. Yeah, what tends to get the most traction is when I talk about different power dynamics. So whether that is with a male and, and a female or whether that's in a work environment and how it impacts people, but then also how to recover from that. Because people are recognising now what toxic behaviours are. Like they understand that now at a higher level. I don't think they've quite grasped fully what narcissism is and, you know, the different components in that. But they get it when this isn't good, this is toxic. But how do I fix it? How do I actually deal with it now? You know, because now things are actually getting brought to the surface. It's more recognised. So people now want to know how to navigate that part of their life differently. And that's what I find gets the most traction. People yeah. want acknowledgement that, yes, that is wrong. The employer was wrong. The manager was wrong. My partner was wrong. They want the acknowledgement there to say, you're on the right track. It's fine. This is how we get out of that now. Yeah. And what about yourself? What do you find like really grips people? I think it's definitely more anecdotal. So specific scenarios that have happened and mm -hmm. getting responses to that. Um, it's definitely, sadly, a the more negative stuff does better than the positive, mm -hmm. um, which I guess is <laughs> um, something we should all reflect on. Um, but I think f it's when it's some it's when it's a very specific scenario that everyone recognizes and can relate to. That's when people just go, "Oh my god, this happened! This happened to me!" All this sort of thing. So it's when you take quite mundane things that happen in the workplace that just frustrate everyone. Um, and for me, I, I really use it as a barometer because you get some, some of my stories are just quite wild and out there. And you think, oh, my God, how is that ever possibly going to happen? But actually, the ones that do better are the very everyday scenarios that just frustrate everyone. So fucking around with annual leave, for example, where bosses just cancel yeah. that or, um, you know, invading personal time or, you know, it's just the every sort of day to day sort of issues that happen in the workplace. They actually do a lot better than, you know, the, the odd absolute sort of anomaly story. We just go you know, you share because it's almost a wild story rather than yeah. saying this is a very commonplace scenario. Mm. And you know what I find as well? I've seen a lot of it recently and some of it is cringeworthy and take take note of what we're about to say and talk about being very just organic, like real stories. What I find is everyone's trying to be quite, they're trying to do this slow talking, very kind of motivating and forcing content. And then you look at the views and you think, it's not getting the views because you're forcing what you are hoping is going to work. And you've not really pulled on the emotional strings because like you, where I talk, you know, a lot of my content where I talk about the workplace and, you know, escaping it and starting a business and doing it in a, in like a, a mitigated risk kind of way, you know, doing it in a, with a plan that, that works because I've done it. That's what I did. And it's all from experience. And I, some of the problems you're talking about, I've seen it firsthand. And I think people can really attach to you when you're talking about that. So if anyone was watching this and they were thinking, right, I've got a story to share and I want to post about it and I want to put my face out there, what kind of ways are best to do it? And I, I want to go down to detail here in terms of do you just come out raw with a story of how you're feeling or do you think about it? Are you mindful about what you say or would you just recommend you just start and share your story and see how it goes? Yeah, I like doing it cold. Um, so I find my initial reaction works best often. Mm. Uh, it does cause issues on the edits for sure because I um, can ramble. But 
I think how, how it works is someone sends me a story. I, I take a quick look through. If it looks like a good one, I'll then actually say, no, I'm going to stop. Then I'll do that in, in front of camera. So I won't read and think about what I respond because I think the initial response is actually the most informative. Yeah. Um, how I initially respond to something, I, you know, I, I guess I do trust my response to an extent, but also it's the rawest one, right? I'm not creating a persona. I'm not sort of trying to hit certain buzzwords or anything like that. So mm. how I feel about a story comes off um, and it fluctuates like some things one week might I might almost find a little bit amusing really hack me off and sort of vice versa um I'm very specific about not sure so the one of the biggest questions I get on my channel by a long long way is can you name the company um and I never do um mm. people often work it out because some of the stories are quite famous so you know there was an email one which was very famously Apple but you know there, there's a lot of yeah. things out there um but the reason I don't is twofold one is my core responsibility is protecting the individual who shared the story because you don't know what the power dynamic is. Yeah. They might still be there and a lot of them are. And so for me, the ultimate responsibility and going back to one of your earlier questions about how I view my position, the easy way for me to gain clicks would be to name the company and then just throw that out there to the world. And yeah. it would get, I, I know they would get way more views. People would pile in. I know that. The reason I, everyone on the arse as well. <laughs> exactly. The reason I don't is because of responsibility where people would be way too easy to track who that person is. Yeah. And my worst scenario is me doing a story that then has real life repercussions to the person who shared that with me. So yeah. that's the ultimate reason why I don't share the name of the company because it's a choice, right? I could name the company and I could just, mm. you know, in, in, and like people go, oh, you, you don't do it because you might be sued. And I say, actually, no, that, you know, I'm, I'm in a position where actually that, that actually isn't a concern for me. It really is about protecting that individual. So that's, it's, that's one of the big ones for me, I think. Using it in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love what you said there, Ben, because a lot of people, certainly with my kind of niche, when people are very hurt, they're desperate to tell their story. But the difference between a victim and a true perpetrator is the victim doesn't want to name and shame. It's not about this big smear campaign. It is just about sharing their story, sharing how they're feeling, how it's affected them to help other people rather than the company or this person's done X, Y, Z and they're to fault. And I think that's a big difference. Yeah. And because it's thematic with society, it's, this isn't mm. about naming, calling out one specific company because yeah. we've all made mistakes in company. You know, I'm not, it's not about naming and shaming one specific company. I mean, there's certainly enough, there are some that crop up enough where you actually start to think, come on, you need to sort yourself out. But actually it's not, it's about calling out the workplace in general and yes. so the reason why these stories resonate is because everyone goes and it's so funny everyone goes oh it's definitely in the uk no that's definitely in america or that sounds like the trucking yeah. industry or that sounds like hospitality so everyone's like guessing and, and and i think that kind of shows it for me in the sense of these are issues across work yeah, yeah. um and so that like, is another reason why it, it, for me it's about the theme of it rather than necessarily it's this person or this manager or this boss yeah well like you say i like what you sort of said about the theme of it you're not going for easy views because that's what sometimes i look at my content and i think I talk a lot about the employment, the problems in it, how to get out of it, the whole micromanagement and, and answering questions. And I think, God, I'm getting some pretty big views here. I could just carry on going down this. But like you say, you don't want to get to a point where you're talking about doom and gloom too much. And you think, oh, you know, I don't want people to think, oh, he's going off again. You know, it's like, so that's why I have four core pillars to, to my content. I diversify so that I'm sort of breaking it up. Mm. But that's where I think a lot of people are going wrong on TikTok. Specifically, that's the most, I would say that's the hottest platform right now to go boom to the market. And I think people are going for those quick views. I mean, look at that absolute numpty who went into someone's house oh. and like stole an old lady's dog. Yeah. What what longevity are you gaining from that? Like how, one, how are you going to earn money? Um, what are you gaining from that apart from 
a day or two of viral views. I don't understand what you're going to get from it. But that's where that mentality of this generation's coming through, where it's transactional, because they've been taught to believe you can make money on TikTok, which, yes, you can, but TikTok doesn't actually pay that well, just like, you know, YouTube, depending on your level. But people get this idea, you know, let's face it, the guy, what, what else would he have done? Yeah. He, he had no ambition in life. That seemed like a quick way to make money. Again, transactional. He doesn't think long term. You know, let's get a career. Let's add value to society. Yeah. No, let's make this transactional. Let's just earn some money. And it doesn't matter if anyone gets hurt along the way because that's the way it works, right? Is this a, is this an educational thing from parents? Because I, I think parents, I talk a lot about parents. I'm a parent myself. And there's a huge responsibility as a parent to really show your child what can be the right way. Yeah. And I feel that when you see a lot of these people who are watching these you know, content creators and they're thinking, my God, they're getting like 10 million views for doing something ridiculous, which is going to have no benefit to society or them, they're not getting brand deals. Mm. So... Is this an educational part? Where do you think people go wrong with content and what, you know, because we see some ridiculous stuff on TikTok. What's the cause of that, do you think? Um, virality it, it's, it's, seems to be the goal. So, I mean, most content on TikTok is stolen from elsewhere. So someone mm -hmm. see a format that does well, they go, right, how do I accommodate that? And all, I would argue most content creators do that. Um, I think the problem is I think parents, I think millennial parents, you know, it's in sort of my lot, I think they're going to have a fascinating parental decision on how they control social media with their kids coming mm. up. I think that's going to be one of the big discussions. And I don't know what the right way necessarily is. I personally don't know exactly if someone said, you know, I don't have kids, but you know, when I do, if someone was asking me right now, like how would you dictate social media and when they can have a phone and what they get access to? I actually don't have an answer right now because I mm. don't know. There are massive pros, there are massive cons. Um, and so in regards to like people doing weird stuff online, in regards for just views, I, it, it's just a new, kids have always done weird stuff, but now they have the platform to kind of show the world to do it. And I think that spurs people on because they're getting the attention and you know maybe yeah. they're not getting that attention elsewhere. So it's a challenge for sure. It's definitely one of the cons of social media is people trying to escalate. You know, I saw, um, you know, this poor kid died the other day from eating one of those spicy chips for, mm. you know, one of those weird chip challenges. Like yeah. that's just tragic, right? That's so mm. sad. And that you can't not blame social media for that yeah, because you know, he's not done that for, the only reason he's done that is for the film and the potential yeah. clicks. He's not done that for the taste, has he? Or yeah. the, the, so I do, yeah, it's a really tough part of social. And I think the education element's key, but we've got to, we've got to help them. Like it's on us to mm -hmm. support. It's not on kids to figure, figure this stuff out for themselves. Yeah. Like I really do believe this is something that we as adults, no, that sounds incredibly patronizing, but the older generations mm -hmm. have a responsibility to support and create spaces for them to explore. Because Creators, right, you know, I saw this amazing kid who's building Lego on TikTok and it's utterly unbelievable. Like, I can't tell you how creative this kid is. And no one would see that if it weren't for TikTok. So there's so many yeah. pros, there's so many pros and so many wonderful moments that, which is why I am always for social media rather than like total against it. But for sure there's cons and we've got to, as a society, mitigate those as much as we can. Well, isn't it crazy how it's not taught in schools? I think there should be an entire lesson of how to manage the... It is almost like an emotional roller coaster for some people who don't have to control it. Like it's crazy how it's not taught in school that there is a whole lesson of right, kids, you're going into a world of social validation and everyone wants this. This is how you're gonna to need to deal with it. And bearing in mind, we're gonna talk about reality, you're not all gonna earn 10K when you leave, by the way. So get that out of your head. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's weird how it's not 
taught in schools. This podcast was kindly sponsored by Sound and Vision Production Studios in Bromley. They are the one-stop shop studio for all of your content creation needs, that be long form or short form. They are empowering creativity through high quality audio and visual productions. So what are you waiting for? Step into the world of content creation, book a session with these guys, they know what they're doing and they'll be able to take you to the next level. Again, with... I mean, I don't have children. This is not something I'm massively updated on, so I don't know. But there's only so much, you know, everyone wants to pass the buck, right? I liked what you said. I believe it is on the parents. Many parents will send their children to school and they're not even potty trained and they expect them to teach them those things. You know, everyone wants to pass the buck. There's a lot of laziness that goes on. I think... It's all about educating yourself. You know, you've got to take responsibility as parents. And in schools, yes, they have a duty of care, but how how can you possibly manage that? Mm. You know, like it's such a, a vast thing. And then people say, well, what about the platforms? The platforms are trying. I mean, recently I've noticed on TikTok when I've gone on there for something or other, a live has come up and it's actually asked me, is this live suitable for over 18s? Yeah. Which is great. But also I know for a fact there are young girls, 15, 14, that are half naked on there holding a sign and there's code words that are being used. Oh, you've missed something at the back and they turn around and bend over and this is all for money. Mm. You know, again, we're talking transactional, but how do we stop that? Because they're saying, no, I'm 19, but it's quite obvious. Yeah. And they're saying, oh, show us your feet. You know, what's your toe polish looking like today? And then they're they're gifting them online. So this is... This is almost like it's normal. Yeah. But why are the parents not already starting at that point, you know? It, it does. I mean, it does fall with the parents. You know, can you can you get the platform to stop all of this? Not really. I think this is only no. going to get worse. I also think this is going to have massive effects on relationships because everyone has this weird expectation. Yeah, everything's transactional, right? Yeah. I mean, one thing that I'm concerned about for people who are allowed on TikTok, it's like any other platform, there's not a huge verification process, is there, mm-hmm. to say that, you're the, I mean, I don't know if you have fake accounts. I have bloody, I don't know, like 30, 40 fake ones. And I'm even constantly getting messages saying, hey, Aaron, mm. did you message me? And I'm like, no, literally, I only have two accounts, this one on my podcast, that's it. And they're like, oh, I was being asked to ask weird stuff. So it is, it's quite scary on that front, but more so what's going to happen in 10 years. And, I, and that's where I think, you know, the three of us, Putting out a good message is really, really important because there's so much crap out there. What would you say for anyone like who watches your content? Do people go on to actually action what you talk about? Do you feel that, do you get much feedback from when you post? Because that's the other thing. It's quite nice to get some feedback when you're putting out the content. Yeah, I do actually. I get a lot of very nice messages being like, oh, by the way, I, you know, I, you gave me I mean, someone very kindly used the word courage to, you know, quit my job. I've now got an amazing new job. And I mean, those are just one, like, yeah. can't tell you how much those mean to me. Um, I get a lot around, you know, I've had more constructive um, conversation with my manager, for example, which again, so absolutely, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for that. And then you actually get some nice, I say nice, but constructive feedback in your mm-hmm. comments. So, you know, that, you know, I mean, some, you just get weirdos. You just sort of say, and you just, I think you just, if you're going to post, you just have to accept that you're going to get a degree of those. Um, but a lot of them you, you can take on board. And, you know, I think someone said, oh, you could, um, context get a little bit more a um, little bit repetitive I thought okay that's actually quite useful yeah. advice you know I'll take that on board and so I actually thank them for it and um, so you do get a lot of messages which are nice um, and they valid I think you do need validation in this not like you're amazing but like validation in the sense of this actually really helped me yeah um, and I think those are really important things because 
it is weird. You're talking to so many people, but you're not, are you? you know, you're sort of facing a camera yeah. and you actually, it's really, the actual concept of social media <laughs> is a bit weird that you're in a room and you're getting access to, to so many people. Yeah, yeah, literally. And so it's weirdly lonely sometimes. So it is quite nice to get that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's an interesting part of it. Well, you've got to have, you've got to have quite a bit of courage to be on camera, right? Because one of the hardest things, I mean, what do people always say? Oh, just, I'm struggling to start getting in front of that camera. So if anyone's sort of wanting to start, you know, kind of how, how do they overcome the fear of, because that's the main thing, right? Judgment, the negative comments. Mm-hmm. But, but we're going to talk about those in a minute on TikTok because they are some weirdos on there. But how does someone overcome that? oh, I don't want to talk to a camera and put my face out to be judged. So what I actually did (laughs) for the first, I reckon, three or four days before I actually ever posted anything, I did not stop on and off just getting my phone, recording, getting used to it, playing it back, hearing my voice, seeing my face. And the amount of times I thought, God, this is awful, but you have to get used to it. It has to become like second nature. Mm. So my advice would be, Don't think I'm going to record once and upload it and just go for it. Get used to it. Do a week of just messing about, you know, getting the tone right, seeing, because it's funny, I don't know if you remember, I think I did one that was about 30 seconds and I swear it felt like five minutes. (laughs) It felt like the first one I did, I thought, God, that's really long. And it was only 30 seconds. But because you're you're not comfortable, are you? So you're you're kind of finding your feet with it. So that would be my advice is to just practice, practice, practice with no intention of loading anything to start with. Yeah. And then go from there. I think also sign off your first 10 videos. I think yeah. just accept <laughs> your first 10 videos are going to be the, crap. The first one's really hard. The fifth one's pretty hard. The 10th one's kind of hard. And then by the time you're done 2025, it actually, you start to get into yeah. a bit of a routine. You're a lot more confident. Um, and your content just gets better and better. Yeah. yeah. Um, honestly, it's quite, if you've been posting for a while, go have a look at your early stuff because it is yeah. actually it's hilarious for one thing it's quite cringing and others but actually it's quite nice to sort of see the, know, the sort of the progress yeah. and you go wow actually that's um and i found that actually helped you know there's a few f- things that i used to do on camera um and that, that sounded weird that i meant to sound but like <laughs> like features and like ticks and you go oh you know I've, yes. so I've, yeah. it's, it's helped with my speech i would say yeah um still a long way to go on that yeah. but um yeah i think it's 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 a weird bit 100 percent confidence you know, public speaking, being able to engage with different people, you know, even networking. Some people find it quite hard to network. Mm-hmm. And that's quite nice when you start doing content, you start to feel a little bit more confident, you know, certainly from people who don't really like to talk to people who they don't know. If they start recording, well, it doesn't get any weirder really than talking to a camera and no one else is in the room. So you kind of step out of a comfort zone. On the flip side, again, there are a lot of people that simply don't start and I'm a massive believer and I really push the message of start because if you apply 12 months I always work on a 12 month period you you build whatever you want in five years but 12 months you can change your life and just start but there are some weird people out there I think TikTok holds a lot more of them because I think it's so quick to open up an account I've had people on my live where my moderators will block them and you know it's the same one that's come straight on. And th- and I had one guy or a woman and they came back on with like 12 accounts really quickly. And they came back on and they were like, you thought you got rid of me. And I was thinking, how many fucking accounts have you got? Like, you must be so bored. So I deal with this personally by being very, I'm very thick skin. Not a lot bothers me. Um, it's very unlikely anyone would actually say that to my face. And I just don't care. 
and some of it's quite humorous. So how have you found some of the trolls? And also share share with us, if you can remember any, uh, any comments that ever made you sort of chuckle and just go, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I um, like that one. Yes, there's definitely. And, and the... <laughs> The personal insults I'm actually fine with, I think where I struggle is when they've slightly misunderstood and you've not got the, because obviously it's a minute or two minute video. You get the full content. In comments, you've not got a huge amount of characters, you can't give them a full lengthy explanation. Um, so I actually struggle more with when, oh no, you've just slightly misunderstood. I'd love to like have 30 seconds with you just to clear up why you've misunderstood me. Um, but yeah, you get some really common ones. I had, what, the best one was, um, uh, I'm not taking advice from anyone who's got a head who looks like a bust nut squash. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> which actually oh, I, I just found that. really funny um and i, I actually messaged him and that actually that really made me laugh um <laughs> i mean personal insults yeah i mean you know i i mean i'm you know i'm f f this you know i'm obviously quite ginger and all that so i get a lot of that that doesn't bother me um you know so there's yeah a personal insults are fine it's actually the nuance so one of the classic ones i get called is because i talk a lot about making money the right way that's one just a positive by the way you don't look ginger today yeah, so if you are ginger you don't look ginger <laughs> I've made peace and I am completely <laughs> fine with it. Um, but one of the parts is for me, it's about making money the right way. And I actually talk a lot about the starting point. And I say, I don't think, because everyone goes, oh, you can't just give everyone everything. I said, no, I'm not saying that. I just think you should give everyone an equal opportunity to have a go at it. That's kind mm -hmm. of one of my core things. And I refer to it as like a starting line up. And I say, look, once the, once the, the, you know, the bell goes, whatever, and you start your race, that's fine. Like, that's great. Everyone should just have an equal opportunity, but, but everyone should start in the same place. And so I talk a lot about, you know, it is harder for, you know, if you're from working class, you know, there's just fun, you know, or, mm. or if you're a woman or if you're a minority now, you know, there, there's so many reasons you're discriminated in so many ways. And like, I just think it's so naive. And so I, but then I sort of say something like that. And I say, I think everyone should get a fair shot and all that sort of thing. Or, you know, I call out, you know, some of these, like the water companies are doing my head in the UK, for example, and I just talk about how utterly unskillful as entrepreneurs or businesses they are, because all they've done is buy an asset, leverage it with debt, rip mm. it out for profit, and then fuck up the yeah. whole process. That's not good capitalism. Like, I am a true capitalist, but I get called like socialist and communist. And I go, oh, you're just misunderstanding me. Like, I've been an entrepreneur <laughs> for 10 years. Like, I'm not, I just, you know, I, don't, I don't really care about those labels, but like, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying is, mm. I don't think there's skill in borrowing money buying something, ruining it and ripping out profits. But it doesn't, it. it doesn't bother you, does it? Like the comments? Like, it doesn't it bother doesn't... me, except I can see how arguments and misinformation gets spread because oh, I see yes. people say things like, oh, this, and you go, oh, you're, you're so wrong. And it breaks my heart that you're that wrong because you so think you're right. And yeah. I know that sounds almost quite patronising thing to say, but I'm talking about like actual facts here. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not talking about sort of opinion of sort of optics, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a funny one. It's a weird one. Um, and then you get the weirdos who just sort of message random things, which are either bots or just pure abuse. And you just go, nah, yeah. fine, just well, I'm going to engage. I mean, I know that we're all going to get them. And, and just before I hand over to you, Rebecca, I had one of the funniest, I mean, I've had a lot, but one of the funniest ones was um, this <laughs> This dude looks bald with hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's How does that good. Bed like that one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I've had many, and to be honest with you, it's water for ducks back because it's mm. coming. Like, just accept. Like, if, if you start a business or you're trying to build anything decent, you know, hard times are coming, right? You've just got to kind of go. It's on its way. I don't know when it's coming, but but you know, mm. it is on its way. What about you? Have you had um, the experience and any comments that stick out? What's always what's been very interesting is that only hate I get is from men. I never get anything negative from women, and. 
I always make my content very gender neutral because a lot of people like to make, you know, all men are narcissists. No, that's not true. It's far from true. And I'm very much an advocate of that. And majority of my clients are men who have been in relationships with narcissistic women. So I'm well aware of the dynamics. So normally I will get comments from men along those lines. Oh, she's a narcissist. Oh, who does she think she is? Those kinds of stuff or, you know, just it's just silly stuff. But that just says to me, I'm on the right track. These guys are triggered. They need this brought to their attention. And I will always reply to them with a video that like what you were saying to actually say, look, these are the facts. This is the situation. You're just holding up a mirror and they've just felt shame and lashed yeah. out. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. almost it a is. it's almost a cliche, that one. Do, do yeah. you know, it's really funny. So just on TikTok, what, what are the possibilities? Because I want to talk a little bit about money, uh, not going into, into exact specifics, but I want to talk about money because um, it, even for myself, I always started to just excel my brand and business and to see what could happen and to talk about things that I enjoy. And from there, when I realised that, okay, that it's got legs, um, I realised that, wow, I could work with some pretty big brands here. And now today, um, you know, some of them, and I've, I've been working with brands and, you know, they'll, they'll pay you, you know, a few months salary for someone in a 40 to 60 second video. It's mm -hmm. bonkers. And what frustrates me so much is that, you know, you're talking about everyone has an equal opportunity. I'm a massive believer in that. So what you were describing was basically me. I came from the working class. I've come from the council estate. I used to have a skinhead. I used to be pretty rough. Um, I've had it all. I've done it all. I've been there. I've worn the t-shirt. I don't make fucking excuses. Though. That's what really annoys me. You know what I'm on about here. Really irritates me when people make excuses because we all have the same opportunity. And it does. I want to bring more awareness that rather than sitting on TikTok and going for one viral video or telling people to gift you a rose and a flying corgi, Realise that if you position yourself very well and you really dedicate to this and excel in who you are, you can earn some serious money. And, mm. and, and it frustrates me that they're not seeing it because, like you say, you know, you, you highlight weaknesses, don't you? And do you find it weird? So talking about money, there is a huge opportunity. In the UK, I do find people don't like to talk about money too much. Makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Don't want to talk about it. I've, not, I've had no money, by the way, but I do like talking about money. I mean, how do you find it? Is the UK a little bit taboo? We don't want to talk about it? Yeah, I think the, the, the comparison I always make is when we opened up our New York office and the difference between dealing with Americans and dealing with the UK is it's just mind-blowing. Like, mm. in the UK, you have a meeting and you, it's just all stuff around what you're going to talk about and you dance around for like 25 minutes and the last five minutes you might sort of go, right, okay, let's talk. Whereas America, they walk in, they go, right, we're doing business. Do you know what I mean? mind And I love it. I've got a lot of time for it. Um, in regards to that, I'm going to push back a little bit because you, you said, oh, you know, you mentioned your background and like I'm the opposite, right? I couldn't have had more privilege if I'd, you know, I loving parents or very middle class, like privately educated. <laughs> I mean, my like, parents were loving. I, no, no, but in the sense of like, I, <laughs> yeah, I know. I've had every, po like every yeah. possible advantage. If you, you know, I'm white, I'm male, like every, if you'd written yeah. down every possibility of advantage, I've kind of got lucky there. Um, and I do think that's given me systemic advantages over a lot of people just by default of access, you know, fallback. Like I, when, I'm, when I was a little bit more like, I guess you call it less self-aware. I would sort of say, oh, I'm self-made because my business, I'm a digital company, I've built that. And when I was 23, 24, 25, I said, yeah, I'm all self-made. And 
to an extent. And the reason I said that was because my dad and you know had a good job, but like it was nothing to do with digital. So we sort of built for them. And to an extent, that was true. However, what I sort of realized was my fallback. I always yeah. had that safe net, right? Like if I my business completely bottomed out and totaled, I had my parents to fall back on. Very, mm. you know, I had that option. Yeah. And you forget how often people do not have that option. So yeah. for me, what I one of the more self-aware moments I had in my twenties was that. Yes, I, you know, and I'm very proud of the business I've built, but like, it's not the same as someone who had, didn't have the privileges I had of building as well. So if I, someone else had the exact same business, they've done a hell of a lot better because yeah. of all the sort of anchors that they had with their life. So I do think that's an important thing to acknowledge. And I think a lot of people don't acknowledge it because they almost feel like it takes away from the credit. It's like, mm -hmm. no one can take away my story about verb. Like, you know, I've built it, I've sold it and I, you know, that was it. And I'm, I'm something I'm very proud of, but like that shouldn't take away from the fact that actually I had a huge amount of advantages. And I do think it's important to talk about because otherwise people might just look at my channel and go, do you see me? I, I could easily turn my channel into, it's all about yeah. working hard and you know, I did it, why can't you? Yeah. And, and to an extent, you know, you've got to work hard, but I also think it's important to acknowledge how easy I had it compared to other people. And, I, and I'm not just saying, I really fundamentally believe that. Um, but, and then the money thing is interesting. Um, I think I don't monetize my TikTok. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position that I don't need to. Um, and because I don't know what I'm, the sort of long-term goal is, I don't want to just start partnering up for the sake of making money. Um, so I'm quite a fortunate position to be that. So I, I, it, but it's weird, like people ask me, oh, how much you sell your business for and all of that sort of thing. And I find that quite private information. That's not something I tell people because yeah. That's my information. That's not, you know, you don't need, the only reason you would want to know that is almost, I think, unhealthy comparative, you know, do you see what I mean? It doesn't yeah, matter how yeah. much I sold my business for. So I don't, it's an interesting question. I don't really have an answer for you, I don't think. Mm. Ben, I like you even more now. I like that, but cut the crap. How much did you make? <laughs> <laughs> but, but do you know what? I, I really like what you've said. And I want to I come back to that in a second, but because... What you're talking about, having that fallback, um, I really like that you said that. And that gains huge amounts of respect, especially uh, like I find that a huge amount of respect because I know a couple of people and they'll claim everything's theirs. And I fucking know it's mummy and daddy's and it fucking irritates me to the high heavens and back. And there's someone close in my family within ties and stuff like that. And it fucks me off because I've been in conversations where it's, oh, yeah, that's ours. No, it fucking ain't. Mm. Are you going to tell them or am I going to tell them? Mm. So I really like that. And I highly respect that from someone also who came from parents who had fuck all money, like literally. So um, on that money, it does bring money. Money is a good thing. You know, if you're an arsehole, it's going to make you a bigger arsehole. But money generally is a, is a good thing. It's not about the, the actual green paper. But there are possibilities to earn money on TikTok, aren't they? And really excel what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that there's so much I could say to what you said, Ben. I love that. Yeah. But we love you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, the, you know, the truth is I've worked with a lot of I'm going to say young girls in their 20s who have come from your background and trust me, they couldn't build a business even if they tried because they're too privileged. Mm. They've never had to fight for anything. So from my point of view, I respect anyone that can build a business, whether they've come from nothing or they've come from something because I actually think when you have nothing, what have you got to lose? But when you kind of got a backup, you got, you know, it's like, well, why do I need to try so hard? Kind of. Yeah. And so I really respected you for that. But what you were saying about like the money and um, 
I think when it becomes, I don't mind talking about money, that that doesn't bother me at all, but money doesn't define who I am. Like I'm very disconnected with money in terms of it doesn't define my worth. Um, and I believe money's a byproduct of what you bring in terms of value and your purpose. So when people talk about it in that aspect, I've got utmost respect. When people talk about it as a narcissistic validation way, superiority way, look at me, you know, this is what I've got. That's when I've got a massive problem with it. Yeah. Because it's like, well, that's what's it, that's what we're looking to achieve. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Look to make a change and you will receive the rewards and benefits as a result of that. Yeah. And that's where my mentality goes with it. Yeah. And that's the wrong side of TikTok and certainly Instagram is like you said, you hit the nail on the head. You could showcase this and pitch this as a, a discord. Look what I've been able to achieve mm. by the age of early 20s or whatever. Mm. Done it all myself. Why are you lot not following suit? You should all be millionaires in your 20s, but you're not. What's wrong with you? You're making excuses, but join this Discord and uh, don't worry, Benny Boy's going to get you there. Could have done that, but I really, I really like that. And there's, and you know what? People will attach to you so much more. And I think people come unstuck and... I've uh, actually, Ben, there's another Ben, a friend of mine, um, who, who's actually once my graduate manager, but he was, he was awesome. Like he, was, he, was, he was a rare one. But his parents are extremely wealthy. But Ben grass, grafts his arse off. Like he does not, he doesn't. And, I, and as soon as I found out, because he turned around to me once and he said, um, oh, this was at my old job, actually. And he turned around and said, oh, fuck, I've got Margaret Pen on my jumper. And I went... And what? He went, well, this is supreme. And I went, what the fuck is supreme? <laughs> he went, mate, this is like a 480 quid jumper. <laughs> I went, what the fuck do your parents do? And he went, oh, nothing. I went, what's your, what's your dad called? So-and-so. I went on company's house. His dad like, does like nine and a half million a year. That was, this was a little while back. I went, right, silver spoon. And he went, no, I'm not like that. And anyway, as, I, as we became friends, you know, he's, I, I love Ben to bits and uh, I do a lot for Ben, but he is so open and honest about it. And I am really drawn to Ben like that because I can take to him mm. and, and other people take to that. And, and, then, and then they buy into you as a person and, th and then they'll follow you and they'll support mm. and then they'll buy hands down. You know, so I, I really like that. But there are a lot of people on Instagram and TikTok using it in the wrong wrong way. And mm. when we talk about money, you hit the nail on the head when you said it highlights like a fault. You know, if you're talking about narcissism, the people who perk up, they're normally the ones that are annoyed about it. Well, don't keep talking about it, Rebecca. You're gonna, my missus is going to start watching this. She's going to know, know what I'm on to. You know, it's kind of that. So when you talk about money, is it a good conversation? Should we talk about money? Should we not talk about money and how we're making money? Or do we all just go quiet? I was going to say, I think it's important to understand and know the value of things. You know, like everyone has this idea, let's be a millionaire. This is great. You know, like that gets pushed a lot. But what is the reality? What does that actually look like? You know, what does a million pound buy you? It doesn't actually buy you that much. Like I couldn't retire on a million pounds. Let's put it that way. So like, you know, you've got to look at it from that point of view in terms of what is the value of things and understand that so that you can gauge what you can and can't achieve. That's where I think it sits. Yeah. What, what kind of response do you have if you're ever talking about money or making money? So one of the best lessons I learned, it's not a lesson, it's more of like a power. So it, basically a therapist is looking after two billionaires um, and they both, one's building a super yacht. Um, and then the therapist is, goes to the next session and he's really angry because this person building a super yacht. So he says, right, I'm going to build a bigger super yacht. So mm -hmm. he builds a bigger super yacht. And then the next session the th with the first person, the therapist is again talking to this billionaire and he's furious, he's seething because he has a super yacht. And now he's going to say, right, how can I add to it? And, 
and and this sort of goes back and forth, back and forth, and they're getting more and more irate. And the therapist sort of turns around to both of them and says that I have something that neither of you have. And they were staggered and they kept going, oh no, that's not, you know, I can buy anything you want, like literally saying something. And she says, yeah, I, I have enough. And, and I think that's always stayed with me a little bit because I love that story because the best thing you can do when, I, when it comes to finance is just think about what would actually make you happy. Like yeah. truly, anyone happen. Like the, the bullshit I hear is, oh, money doesn't buy happiness. I hate that line mm. because it's nonsense. So many pressures of the world are tied in money. So oh, it's, 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 it's I, I, I find that, and I find it distinctly unhelpful now entrepreneurs who've made a lot of money start quoting that. I find that a really unhelpful mm. line yeah. to sort of peddle. So I don't like that line at all. But what I do like is this idea of, if you compare yourself to the person who's rich, then you're never going to be happy until you're, yeah. I mean, who is it at the moment? Is it Bezos? I can't remember I who it is. I think yeah. it's, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Elon, so I think. Yeah. Until you actually get, you've got to think about what would, you know, think about the life that would generally make you happy yes. and acknowledge that and mark that. I think about reverse engineering. I'm a big one of saying, setting goals and financial targets. You say, right, in order to buy this house, I think I need net worth this. I need this. My disposal income needs to be that. You know, I want to send my kids here. If you want to do that, I want to go on holiday. You know, it's okay to aim, be ambitious, by the way. If you think yeah. this will actually make me happy, I'll go for it. I'm all down for that. But where I think the disconnect is, is if you don't have that goal, there's never enough. And yeah. so you end up just constantly chasing the next thing, the next yeah. thing. And you don't have that pause and say, I'm, I've got enough money, you know, and then you can start, and as soon as you have that financial freedom, and that's why I mm. truly think financial freedom is, is when you don't feel the yeah. pressure to earn more. It's yes. not just about having enough. That's when you can start really sort of controlling your life and saying, this is what I want to do. And so I do think it's important to talk about money. I think it's important to be aware of what the actual average is. Like mm. people, you know, you tell yeah. someone what the minimum wage is, people go, are you joking? The average wage in the UK is way lower than people think. So mm. I think it's important to acknowledge the actual realistic, you know, you look at TikTok and it's always, why is it always 10 grand a month? Like oh, why yeah. is every scheme? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, yeah. You know, five yeah. grand a month puts you in the 60, 70, 80 grand a, mu a year. Yeah. That's a phenomenal, do you see what it's yeah. saying? Yeah. This sort of disconnect, which again, I think, social enhances is important but for me when it comes to money is think about what actually will make you happy not in mm. like a it's okay to have a dream car like that again like I, i'm not here to say don't do that like if you want that go get it and i'm all for that and i've been there i've written down my goals and you know so i, I i'm with you um but have a point where you go that's that's a success moment for me because otherwise yeah. you're just never mm. going to be happy and it's gonna be yeah. quite miserable yeah this is the funny thing isn't it i spoke a lot about this on a live last night is I can't stand a lot of old narratives and a lot of them are still being spoken about on social media. Business is risky. It's not. And, and I don't know if you know the latest stat of most businesses failing within the first two years now. Yeah, it's, it's actually way less than... 18.4%. Yeah, yeah, something like, yeah. Why? Because most of it is started with a phone and a laptop mm. and no overheads. Mm -hmm. We're not hiring warehouses. No one's buying Arctic lorries anymore and fuel cards. Mm. It's gone. So the risk, you know, So, but, but they're still circulating. Money doesn't buy you happiness. Fucking believe me, it really does. Like, and it's mm -hmm. and it's used in the right way, because we went through. Can you have can you have longevity in love without money? No. Do you build memories without money? No. Babe, do you want to walk around the park? Yeah. Can we get coffee? No. We should walk. Really? You know, like there's going to come a point. Well, I want to go to the Ivy. Like, I want to spend some money. Health. What, you know, someone said yesterday, oh, well, Aaron, you don't know what you're on about. Health is for free. No, no, no. You come out the womb with your health and organs, but how do you, how do you maintain health? Mm -hmm. Good food, good fluids. Mm -hmm. That costs money. Yeah. So everything costs money, and I, I'm totally on board. Happiness, I, I know it's funny, isn't it? Like when you hear people talk about, well, really wealthy people are miserable and they're bar humbug. 
Now I know some pretty wealthy people who are like they're over the, they're over the moon at their success, mm. and this is the confusion. And I think this is the uncomfort of. I don't like to say it. I've come from no money, so I have no problem in saying it. But people who tend to not have any money or have any ambition to have ambition to have more or don't know how to write it off. Well, you're talking about money, Ben. You must be a miserable git and you must be a Scrooge. No, Ben's just got ambition. That's my take on it. Is it kind of lacking in education, right? That's what I think it is. I think you just don't know enough about what money could really do. Private medical care. But that, you know, that goes back to saying, should we talk about money? Because you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. So the more it's talked about, the more you can understand, like what you said, Ben, what does 5K a month get you? Hell of a lot. Yeah. You know, like, it's let's, a comfortable let's life. understand that. Yeah. Mm. That 10K is, is thrown about everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know when we landed. Was there a <laughs> clickbait? Was there a meeting? I don't know when 10K became... Well, well let's just talk about 10K. Um 10K is a lot of money a month. And the other thing is as well, most people go, yeah, but the more you spend, the more you earn. I barely spend anything. Primark t-shirt, Primark shorts. I do like 270s. That's it. I don't wear anything else, to be honest with you. My overheads are minimal. But I earn all right. Is it a case of the more you earn, the more you spend? I don't believe it. I, I think it is to an extent in the sense of you, you you go after the sort of luxuries that perhaps you wouldn't allow yourself before. So you might, I think I, when I see people start to get more, they do upgrade things like wardrobe or they start to eat in nicer res restaurants. They might spend more on holidays and all of mm. that. So I think to that extent, it's, it's kind of perfect natural. I do think there's a cap where actually a little bit more makes very little difference. Um, but again, I, I'm very aware I'm sort of speaking from a position that, you know, I, I'm quite fortunate in that sense. So um, I do think people do spend more as they make more to an extent mm. in the sense that, but they just upgrade what they already do. I don't think they necessarily start having these lavish sort of hobbies or, mm. you know, watch collections that's trending at the moment. I don't get that. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a tricky one. It's, it's about good money management, isn't it? I yeah. think that's the whole thing. People see a bit of a shiny penny and they're like, it's instant, and they don't they don't see the sustainability you know like people just on tiktok where they're doing tiktok lives and they're getting the gifts and let's just say they get off and they do four or five hundred dollars okay fair enough you've been doing it for like seven hours on live mm -hmm. what they do is they think fuck why am i working at my job you know it makes people question and then they like to spend that shiny penny right it, yeah i mean for me it's about options so, so i'm about to say something this is this so if i did this on a tiktok video what i'm about to say i would get called like a socialist and a communist this is what I mean when I say I really think about this from an entrepreneur capitalist sense is if you give people options and you invest in your society, you give them options in the long term over the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years, they get better educated, they get better jobs, they contribute more to society and taxes. That's in a very simple way. That's why. So I'm a big believer in giving people options. Mm -hmm. Yes, education, but I do think like we need to invest more in like a sort of schemes around giving people options to try out different careers. You know, I think people often, especially if you're sort of from a, uh, more working class background, you kind of get locked in. Just, you yeah. just don't have those opportunities. And that's nothing to do with your work ethic or your willingness or your talent that you just find yourself in a scenario where you just don't have the options that you could have. And so yeah. if you can give mm. people those options, I just think that the society will be so much better. And I really believe that. And yeah. it's worth spending that money up front to invest over the next 20, 30, 40 years. I, yeah. I really do believe that. And yet yeah, when I say something like that, I do, I do find it interesting, the response, because often it's people from those backgrounds actually saying I'm wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, so, and so then I have to be careful, right? Because I can't tell you, you know, you, you're living, do you see what I mean? And yeah. so I, I find that a really interesting mm. balance. And again, it's something why I really think about what I post because I am aware of the position I'm talking from, right? Yeah. yeah. It couldn't be more 
easy for me to say, oh, you know, this is what you're doing. So I, I have to really Mindful. think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I do really believe that. I do think it's about giving people options and that's through education, through, yeah. and that's why I think actually social comes back into the conversation because you do have access to free content. Yes. And oh my God, some of it is terrible content, but some yeah. of it's really, really good. Yeah. And you can, you know, YouTube, I think is one of the best learning tutorial. Yeah. You can absolutely teach yourself. So look at coding, look at, you know, those jobs are so accessible to everyone. And then I see people go, oh, I'm not very good at maths. I can't do it. It's like, no job is too hard for, mm. yeah. do you know I mean? Like, like industries wouldn't work if you could only employ the top 1% genius level do you mean yeah so like very few jobs are like not you people aren't clever enough to do you can yeah. always be taught how to do it and so yeah it, but it's about giving them the opportunity to get that foot in the door and and, and that's where i think social can play a part yeah, yeah i love that the good side of money so yeah money has value and i think money should obviously be more of an open conversation so what are your final words around you know when you talk about money on content some people don't like it should we just keep talking about it but we talk about it in an educational way right yeah i'm that is me. I'm pro-education. I think people need to have education. They need choices. They need to understand there's more than just this one way that they've been brought up to believe this is how it works. This is your only option. No, there's loads of them. And I think that's where we need to go with that. Yeah. And look, I would say for anyone watching to this point is that if you're thinking about using social media, I think, you know, we've all got, um, we've all got different channels. Um, ben and I talk about similar things, but we're all coming from different backgrounds is that one, there's a huge amount of opportunity because to grow the profiles that we've grown is uh, massive awareness. Like you were saying, you know, Google, well, I don't know if, you, um, if you've ever spent on Google ads, but how much will Google ads cost to reach the kind of people that you're reaching? I mean, mm -hmm. you're talking, I'd say low millions, really. If you're, you know, if you turn around and say you're reaching 100 million people, that's, that's a lot of Google ad spend. And all of this can be done from home, right? Low entry, phone, half decent mic, you know, plug in mic, and you can start putting out a message. So for people who aren't really consuming content at the moment they're really sort of dibble dabbling in and thinking about using tiktok what would be your three top tips to make it a success and try and build something successful and sustainable um consistency post every day um just get into a habit of it and i think habit is as important because one, the algorithm does thrive off regular content, but also if you ingrain it into a habit in yourself, it's actually much harder to keep up a three times a week rather than one a day, because one a day you have to do it every day. Um, so definitely do that. Um, yeah, invest in the mic for sure. Um, I think talk about things you actually like, but otherwise it becomes a chore and people will get across if it sounds like you're a bit bored of what you're talking about. Um, so I think that bit's key. Um, and then I think set a target, like set, it goes, I, I, I'm huge one, you know, I've built my business off actually being like, let's set this, this, the new revenue target and we'll hit, it was amazing. The difference of how quickly the business grew when we had a target versus not is mm. mind blowing. But the thing I really dislike, which I see on TikTok a lot is when people make a lot of money, they then start pretending it's not a lot of money. That bit really yeah. bugs me because it's okay to acknowledge you've just made a lot of money. You've done well. That can be really inspirational for a lot of people yeah. where it becomes quite frustrating is you make a lot of money and then you start doing this thing. Pff, made 20 grand, you know, yeah. chump change. And, yeah. and that's really demotivated people who aren't making that. It's also a real disservice to everything in general. Um, it, it's okay to be like, oh, I'm really proud of this. I've actually worked really hard and I've got this and, and you know, celebrate that. And people actually be much more kind of be like, that's amazing. But this sort of false modesty element that we people try and introduce, I do think comes across as quite ugly because 
why are you doing like be proud you know why are you inflating your numbers why are you saying you made 30 grand when you only made 20 grand 20 grand still amazing do you mean yeah. like when when did we decide that what we actually did wasn't a good enough thing to celebrate and, so. and that affects just quickly on that that affects a lot of young people mm. and that that because then that's having this expectation i was talking about a live and you know someone said to me once because i'll openly talk about how i manage my finances um how i invest and kind of where my money goes and I, like i said i have very minimal outgoings but my cash flow is pretty good for a 30 year old and then i'll talk about how i manage that but i'll have the comments of well why aren't you wearing ray-bans and why aren't you wearing a rolex who am i proving anything to mm. i'm actually just trying to add value to you so it's that expectation of well if you're earning that Let's see it. I want to see it on you. Yeah. Let's see it so I can rob you in London. So that's what's going to happen, <laughs> isn't it? You can try and rob me, but is that's what's going to happen. But the point is everyone's looking for the, the materialistic things to sit on there. And I think people, like you say, coming out of school, college, stuff like this, thinking, fuck, I've got to earn like 10 grand. Mm. You know, everyone goes, well, if you're living in Dubai, the minimum you need is 10 grand. Is it? Really? <laughs> Believe me, I'll live pretty low key, but watch this space. Mm -hmm. So it is, isn't it? It's like setting up a false expectation. What would be your uh, three, you know, top tips for someone starting out? So my first one is to be curious, like be curious on what's actually happening, what's being put out there, who are your competitors, get curious around that. The second is be open to learning like actually sit down and treat it like a business. Yeah. It's not a hobby that you're just getting your phone out and having a go. Mm. Treat it like a business, like what Ben said, make goals, get structure around it, the consistency for sure. So you're confident then on what you're doing. And the last one is open to criticism. Mm. Like take on every single bit of criticism, feedback. You'll start to learn again when you're open to it what a troll is when someone's being genuine, when they've perhaps misunderstood and then you need to do a video response to help them understand where you was coming from with that. And it all adds to your content. But the truth of the matter is if you treat it like a business, it will reward you like one. Yeah, I would, I'll run my three and I'll, I'll include those. I think consistency showing up every day. So that's what I done. So I posted, I posted three times a day for the first like six, seven months. So I would say posting every day because mm -hmm. also posting at different times. The thing I found with three times is morning, afternoon, evening, you get a nice spread of analytics to yes. see when people are engaging. So you've got like a good base to kind of go what needs improving. And then the second thing, like you said, is setting goals. I remember speaking with Benji, um, a friend of mine who runs uh, another PR company and saying, what do I need to do to position myself? And they were like, go for 100, 100K followers and just focus on that. And that was literally my, and like you said, I think when you have something tangible, like a target written down, you move towards it a lot quicker than it floating in your head. So I would definitely say uh, the second one is have a goal. And then thirdly, like you say, talk about what you've had experience in. Like that's what I would say. Don't try and, I see a lot of people, you know, where they try and ride off the back of other content. I had a mm. conversation recently with someone where they were posting borderline word after word of what I was talking about a day after my content. And I reached out to the person and I just said, look, all I would say is come in at a different angle because I don't think you're going to get a huge amount of benefits saying word for word what I am. Mm. So I think just be authentic and, and that normally pays well. So as we come to a wraps, Ben, what are your goals, mate? You're obviously very ambitious and TikToks, I would say, am I right in saying it's probably a big part of what you do day in, day out as, with, as the profile grows. 
Yeah, so um, obviously I'm with my business. Um, I definitely have another business in me at some point, um, for sure. Um, I think, you know, that. so I, I'm, I think I'm going to, I feel like I'm locked into entrepreneur lifestyle now just because I've got the bug in that sense. Um, I think I'll always do social, personal brands, for sure. Um, I think I'm very curious in developing some more long-form content um, and things like that. But TikTok's definitely going to be at the forefront and going to be one of the primary channels just because I, I, I really do think it's amazing. Um, in regards to goals, I don't have... I actually hit my... I had, like, you know, I was saying I had my target. And this is what I find interesting, right? I, I was, you know, my TikTok stopped doing this well a couple few weeks ago. I think, oh, it's so slow. And I realized... I've hit my annual target. I had a target for December and I hit that within sort of two. So again, you've got to recognize that and celebrate those small wins. Um, so I'm going to redo my targets for the next sort of 12 months, um, which I'm quite excited by um, and just see how it goes really. Awesome. Love that. Rebecca, what's the, what does it bring? So my next thing is long form content. So I've started doing long form on YouTube. I really want to get into that education space and I want to branch out into more topics because there's, I have such a vast array of knowledge and stuff that I help people with. So I want to open it up. Yeah. That's where well, I, I actually just want to touch on, we didn't touch on this just so just very briefly, long form content, short form content does expand your network. Like I'm massive on my network and who I know and how people can really open up doors for you. You know, you're saying like when you're, as you said, you know, even like with your parents, you know, it's a lot easier to open up a network and stuff like that. And I find also with TikTok, it's really opened up other doors. Have you seen any other doors open up or have you had people reach out and like opportunities come through? Because I think that's a big one to pass on to people is like you don't know who you're going to meet or who might say, I've got a bit of an opportunity for you. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think... Podcast, no, Ben. Exactly, there made you go. It. <laughs> um, there we go. Yeah, I think networks... Interesting. I think I, I saw one of the best posts I've seen for a long time I saw was the importance of keeping up with people because you never know, you know, the importance of just being good, a good person and sort of having your interactions being pleasant is you never know where people are going to end up. So mm-hmm. you speak to someone now. It's amazing. So, for example, when we started our business, we were 21, 22 everyone was entering their first job. Now they're like all, you know, in, you know, they've sort of been working for 10 years now. So the different sort of interactions we have is amazing. But at the time, like we just, we all we knew were junior people because that's all our network. And so you never know where people are going to end up. So the, the importance of just being a good person, like taking mm, each interaction seriously is really underrated. Like, so you'll be amazed how often, you know, and again, like, and what's so funny is you look back, no one's perfect. So there'll be loads of opportunities I've missed out on because I wasn't. But there have been a few instances recently where people have missed me being like, oh, by the way, we met, you know, eight, nine years ago. I'd love to. And so it's amazing just keeping up with people as much as you can. I think social is a great opportunity. Love that. that. I'll second that. Yeah. Be likable. It pays a lot. Um, yeah. What would you say has helped your network grow? Exactly like what Ben said, you know, recognise they're all people behind the screen. Every single name and number that pops up, they're a person. Mm. Treat them like a person, show empathy, show compassion, build that network, you know. Love it. Well, the old saying, I mean, it's overused, isn't it? Network is your net worth. Gets a little bit boring, actually, but it is true. I mean, I will say, it, I, you know, I'm not a massive fan of that saying now, but it is true. So uh, it's been an awesome episode. So both of you, I thank you for coming on. It's been a lot of value in there. So everyone who has watched so far, uh, both Rebecca and Ben, their links will be in the description. And until next time, we will see you all very soon.